I was going to do it because that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to prove somebody wrong. And it's okay if you don't have that resolve too. Like it's okay if you need to take a year before you start doing it, right? right. Like yeah. you don't have to do it right away. If, you, if you're going through a traumatic event and you want to compete and you're not sure if it fits into your life, um, just remember it. Hey podcast, this is Coach Colt and I will be your host for the next minute or two before I turn everything over to Coach Taylor, my beautiful wife, and Anna Maria Skakia, who is our guest today, the Cancer Surviving Bodybuilder. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the SupersetYourLife.com podcast. We are your weekly dose of inspiration, entertainment, and education to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Here we go with Anna Maria Skakey. Okay, so she is a cancer surviving bodybuilder, a mother, a podcast host, award-winning journalist, and owner of Stillwell Fitness. She competes in the figure division with one kidney and is a NASM certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. You can apply for one-on-one -on -one online fitness, nutrition, and mindset coaching through the link in the show notes. She has a heart particularly set on working with emos and the kids at the weird table and <laughs> helping them get buff. Uh, she's doing a really amazing work in the fitness space. And so we're super excited to get her on the show. Anna Maria hosts the Sad and Buff Show. This is a podcast on the intersection of mental health and fitness, which is a pretty similar theme to what we teach here at Superset Your Life with a unique story and another perspective on overall health and wellness with a focus on bodybuilding. So if you like our show, you got to check out hers. This conversation was 100% between Taylor and Anna Maria, and so I went back and listened to the raw recording on today's leg day and just got me amped. Oh man, that was a good conversation. Super inspirational. I know you're going to love it too. Two customer reviews before I hand everything over to the ladies. The first one is from Liam all the way down in Australia. He is actually a client of ours, has been for a little while now, and he just received his welcome package. This is something that we send to everybody that is on one of our online coaching plans. And the shipping does take quite a while to be able to get down there. <laughs> but he finally unboxed it. I didn't ask him to say any of this, um, but we communicate back and forth via a video chat app called Marco Polo. And that's how we make sure that they're doing the exercises correctly. We uh, It's basically like working out together every single day. So that's how we communicate for the most part. So anyway, he sent these very nice words to us in one of our last conversations. And uh, I just asked him politely if I could take that audio and put it on the podcast. And he was A-OK -okay with that. So yeah, this is Liam from Australia. Something just came in. So hey, they came in this morning. So I really like the shirt, actually. I actually really like the design. That's sick. That's made of good material. And thank you for the card. It's a very lovely card you gave me. And these are actually sick. I didn't expect them to be that, like, such good quality that they actually are. I'm in love with them. They're actually sick as my brother's going to pinch them off me, he said. He's going to take them to the gym with him when he goes. So I got all the stuff, and this is actually pretty sick. Fucking jacked, bro. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I got it all, and thanks for that. It looks awesome. And I will track my workouts with this, actually, as well. So that'll be really useful for me because I've, I've actually never used one of these before for workouts as well. So 
Thanks for that. I'm pretty happy about it. So it just, yeah, as I said, it came in while I was at work. So I just opened it up. Thanks again, Liam. That was super nice. It really made my day when I heard that message a week or two ago when you sent it. So I'm glad that everything got there safely. And uh, yeah, man, you just keep crushing your workouts. You're going to keep building muscle, keep burning fat. So killing it, brother. Uh, so for those of our listeners, he was describing our cable attachment, our fitness logbook, and our t-shirts, all of which are in stock and available at supersetyourlife.com. And for customer review two of two, we have Gene Bernier from Kelowna, BC. He was kind enough to purchase our whey protein isolate peanut butter flavor. That stuff is like crack cocaine. <laughs> it's so addictive. Man, that stuff is good. It's for sure everybody's favorite. Uh, the other flavors are good too, but peanut butter, that's the best one. And uh, he also purchased CGP, which is creatine glycerol phosphate, blue raspberry flavor. That is the most popular. This is the best creatine you will ever use. 100% money back guarantee if you're not satisfied with this stuff. This is also available at supersetyourlife.com. Gene also, fun fact, he interviewed me on his show, which is called Peeled Back. I'm going to put a link to that show in the description. If you are a business-minded individual, this is a show that you're definitely going to want to subscribe to and check out. So that is Mr. Gene. And uh, yeah, he said, I did not, again, I did not ask him to say this. This is something that uh, he just made a post and wanted to give us a shout out. So super nice of him. He said, thanks at Colt Milton for chatting about areas to level up my nutrition and my mission to have a dance party on a cruise ship for my 100th birthday. You heard that correctly. That is what this gentleman's dream is. When he told me that over the phone, I just, I, I died laughing. <laughs> uh, that's that's a pretty cool dream. He said, I keep fairly active for and have been curious about what I can do to get the most out of what I got. Colt took the time to call me, discuss the, my routine of kettlebell and bodyweight exercises, hiking, walking the dogs. He recommended auditing my protein intake and shared how creatine would be a good place to explore. I ordered from him got the product in a timely manner and fully trust in knowing the product is coming from a solid source. Inside, I found a handwritten thank you card from him. Thank you very much, Colt. And thank you, Gene, for saying all that. It was very, very kind words. So appreciate you, sir. And yeah, like I said, everything is available at supersetyourlife.com. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna Maria Skankina. Younger, I you know loved working out. I loved sports. I loved doing all those things. I wasn't necessarily fit because yeah. I didn't have the support system around me to to be fit. Right, you know, like fit family and support systems always important for this kind of journey. Yeah. Um. But come 2017, I got out of my relationship with my son, and I just needed to finally live the life that I've always wanted to live. And so I got into. I love kickboxing, so I got into the kickboxing. I really dedicated to training there and that's kind of how everything started to snowball to use cliches you know I went to fighting fit which is a local gym here in Texas first I started with I love kickboxing and that shut down and then I switched over to a different gym and I just continued to train with kickboxing and that's what I was doing I was hoping to maybe compete and I got into you know good shape I got into really good shape I started doing this program that the gym had because I realized that nutrition was one area that I wasn't doing well in. Yeah. And it wasn't because I overate or anything like that. I just always been a picky eater, always been a snacker. And for a bit, I really didn't even have an appetite. So that nutrition aspect needed to really change. And so I went on the program that got me really, really into it. 
And then come September 2020, I find out I had kidney cancer. Oh and gosh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It and, was, and in 2020 of all the years. <laughs> yeah, it was a few months after the pandemic hit the United States. And yeah. so I had to, I had my partner and I had my son, but I basically went through the whole process without family around, without like right. my friends back home around, back home in New York. And so that kind of put an end to what I was thinking about doing with kickboxing Mm-hmm. because I can't have my right side hit. So I lost my left kidney. So okay. I know I'm jumbling all over the place. No, it's okay. In, at the end of September is when I was diagnosed with stage one chromophobe renal cell carcinoma, which is a rare form of kidney cancer. It affects only 5% of cases. Wow. And then a month later, I had my left kidney removed. They hoped to just carve out where the tumor was, but it was so close to the renal veins that they're like, nope, you got to scoop the whole thing out. So they wouldn't leave any cancer cells behind. And that, like I said, it kind of just destroyed my, I would say destroyed my chances of ever competing in kickboxing because no opponent's going to be like, oh yeah, sure. I'll totally not mess up your right (laughs) kidney. So, but I always, I realized in the process of recovery that I always kind of wanted to be on stage and I always wanted to be a bodybuilder. I loved lifting weights beforehand, but because of just other kind of issues with my body, I always thought it was not possible for me. But then I started training to be a, like training to be a coach myself and learning a lot more about it. And it's like, no, wait, like modifications are a thing. Modifications are okay. I could get fit the way I need to get fit and I could build the muscle the way I need to build. Yeah. And I'm just the type of person who likes to um, rage against the status quo. So I saw this as an opportunity to be like, you know what? I know you say that I need to have like 200, 400, 600, whatever grams of protein in order for me to be a bodybuilder, but I'm going to prove you wrong. And so that's kind of how everything just, after I had my kidney removed, I was like, okay, I need to do something new with my body, dedicated to bodybuilding, and then had a great admission with it. Yeah. So I, oh my goodness, my computer. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) So after you went through I kind of want to go into like your cancer, like treatment diagnosis and stuff like that. Um, cause I know that you're really big into the mental health field too. And just like, cause that's what your podcast is about. It's about yeah. mental health and, and bodybuilding. And, um, you know, how did that really affect you mentally? Just like with where you were at, like, um, with everything you maybe had gone through up at, to that point, and then you had moved to Texas and then you got diagnosed with cancer, right? Yeah. I- yeah. So I moved to Texas in 2016. So okay. I didn't find out that I had cancer in 2020. And the thing that screws in my head, the cancer I had is slow growing. So my doctor told me that I probably, I could have had it anywhere from two to three years, even five. So that would be yeah. right after the birth of my son. So I had this cancer in me for a while before I was even diagnosed. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, did you, how did, so did you have symptoms of something or what was going on for you to get that checked out. So that's, that's the interesting thing uh, with kidney cancer and any kind of kidney disease, it doesn't really show itself until the later stages. Yeah. The, I think the one thing that I would could attribute to actually being a symptom of cancer is the lower back pain mm-hmm. because of where the tumor was positioned. But I have polycystic ovary syndrome. I have depression. I have anxiety. Those have physical symptoms. So anything I felt like fatigue, um, a lack of hunger, like 
all that stuff, like I attributed to other things. So right. it was just more of a routine checkup. She didn't, my doctor didn't like my creatine levels. She didn't like my mm-hmm. other levels. And so we twisted all these, we tweaked all these variables. We checked my protein, like, okay, eat less, um, stop taking supplements, stop working out as much. And they were just still too high for her liking. So she's like, okay, we're going for ultrasound. Mm. Not even like a day later, I was told you're going for an MRI and I had to wait two weeks for the MRI. And then I had the MRI. And then the next morning is when I got my cancer diagnosis. So that's kind of the trajectory of how I found out it was just an amazing doctor who just looked at my labs. The other thing is like my white blood cell count on all my labs throughout the last five years have always been high, but my doctors in the past would always explain it away as being sick that day during the blood draw. And so she looked at the totality of it. She's like, no, this is, there's something worse here. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up finding out. Wow. That just must've, I mean, I can imagine for any person, a cancer diagnosis just totally rocks your world and yeah makes you feel like the ground underneath you is crumbling. I can't imagine. So did you, you had surgery? Did you have to do chemo too, or no? So that's the thing about this type of cancer. There is no treatment other than surgery. So, and this is a little bit of a plug, but I'm working with, um, the kidney cancer research Alliance, Casey cure to raise money for a research grant into chromophobe renal cell carcinoma, because anyone metastatic stage four advanced stages, they don't have anything. They have experimental treatments. And yeah. so, so my friends who are stage four, they don't even have like a 50% chance of living 10 years oh. because we don't have any treatment beyond surgery. So yeah. I'm very grateful that we were able to catch it when we did. Mm-hmm. because, you know, I was able to access surgery. I didn't have to have chemo after that, but even if, you know, even if it was span stages, I wouldn't even have access to that or other patients wouldn't. Yeah. That's crazy. So after your surgery, did you take a while to recover your body before you started getting back into the gym? Like, how did that look? Yeah. So that was something that was really, really, really hard. So yeah. going back to the mental health question that you had, I always used fitness as a way to escape my mental health as a way to kind of like, it was a way for me, the way I put it is like, if I like grind myself into dust, like if I punch a bag hard enough, like maybe I'll like find a way to disappear, not very logical, but it's just, that's kind of how my depression played out through fitness. Mm-hmm. And so not being able to work out was really, 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 really hard for me because I'm just so used to moving all the time. So having to oh, slow yeah. down, yeah, having to slow down. It took me about three months to get back into working out. Um, I started walking first, like maybe after a month and only bit by bit, because honestly, having a major organ taken out really does knock the wind out of you. So oh, I'm with, sure. Yeah. It, yeah. So it was like, I started with walking and then I got back into doing like cardio classes and any kind of weight things would be like with resistance band. And then up, I did that and kept increasing my weight and feeling my body and where it could really handle stuff. And then April of 2021 is when I really decided, okay, I could do more. And from there continue to build up in terms of weight. Yeah. But yeah. It was, it was hard. It just the recovery part and not being able to work out. It's just like, I had to stand still. Like I couldn't really even walk because mm. just the way the surgery was, you know, yeah. some people are able to like walk and go to work three days later. Me, it's like, no, I was crapped out for like a while. Yeah. I had to like, just do everything slowly. Well, I'm sure everybody's body responds completely different to that surgery too. And then your body is having to like work to reroute certain things after yeah. having an organ removed. So yep. 
Colt's cousin, actually he's eight, 18 or 19. And, um, this last fall just had these bizarre symptoms of exhaustion and a few other things. And they come to find out he has this extremely rare kidney disease to where one of his kidneys completely mm. stopped working. And uh. thank goodness they were able to get a transplant. I think he had his transplant in January or February. So literally just a few months later, his dad was able to give him his kidney. But oh, okay. I mean, it was just crazy how all of a sudden it just like came on. So yeah, it's just a very, I don't know. The body is just very interesting. <laughs> it, it is. There's so much we're still learning about it too. Yeah. So now you're training for a bodybuilding show, right? Yeah. My second. So I okay. stepped on stage for the first time in November of last year. And now okay. I am training for this, my second one in November, the same show. Cool. So tell me about your first prep. What was that experience like for you? I know it's a crazy wild ride. I mean, I haven't done a prep, but I've watched Colt through now nine prep or nine shows. So I feel like I've been there with him. Um, but yeah. So it was, it was really, it was tough. Like it was mentally tough because I think, and it's mentally tough for anyone, but I think when you you're down one kidney and you can't eat a lot of protein compared to other competitors and you know, your body is going to build differently. You have to kind of push past that I don't know, that block or that like idea that you can't, you know, you want to look like somebody else. So with my first prep, um, one thing that I kept battling was like looking at MPC competitors and like comparing my body to them. I just kept finding myself comparing my body to them because it just wouldn't click in my head that I could never I can never look like them. Not just because of even like the skin of weight loss and having a pregnancy and whatnot, but like my body will just never grow in that way. No matter how much, you know, it just wouldn't, I would have to take five years in order to grow the way someone would yeah. in a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm a natural athlete. So I kind of have to be, and I don't take supplements or anything like that. A lot of supplements tend to have a lot of sodium in them. Mm-hmm. And so I have to watch that. So it's not even just protein and sodium too. So with the first prep, it's just, it was a lot of like, tweaking variables, a lot of like mindset checks. My coach, coach Shailene Cofield, she was honestly amazing and very understanding, especially with the workout she gave me and working with me and be like, Hey, Anna Maria, how's your body feeling today? How are you feeling mentally? Like if I didn't have that support from her and she wasn't so willing to not go by the book. Right. And like mm-hmm. do something different with me. I think it would have been a lot, lot harder. Yeah. A good coach is such a key. I mean, just from watching, um, Colton, his preps, his first two years, he didn't have a coach. He coached himself and it led to just, you know, a lot of confusion on his part. And it just, you know, he didn't have anybody to kind of hold him accountable, but also to just be that sounding board that I think you need as a competitor, especially Mm -hmm. the closer you get to a show when you have, you're dealing with you know, exhaustion and brain fog. And you're just like, you just want to sleep all day. Cause you're hungry. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very important thing to have a good coach. So it's encouraging to hear that you had that experience too. So, um, yeah. So how, is your prep this time any different? Is there things that you're changing? Yeah, I think with this one, because we had a period, like the improvement period, we're still kind of there. I think just my nutrition's a little bit different. Yeah. I think my state is a little bit different too mentally. Mm -hmm. So it, I think this time around, it's just 
slightly tougher because before it's like I had this thing I wanted to prove, right? Like that was, yeah. that's what was driving me. And I was already lean at that point. But now with this prep, because I've gained weight from building and from bulking up and whatnot, there's, there's kind of that mental part of it that I'm trying to like push past. Like I know I can do it, but I think that's been a little bit harder this prepper this go around. I think too, after my last show, there's a lot that I needed to confront related to my cancer and related to having, you know, having cancer and what that means for my long-term health and my yeah. long-term life. And so there's a lot of, a lot of things now that I'm processing and confronting that's kind of affecting how my prep's going. So it is, I would say a little bit tougher this time around, not because we're doing anything particularly different other than maybe the nutrition and just working out with, you know, doing high and low days sooner, or yeah. it might be like a sooner process in terms of dropping calories. Um, but I think the mental health aspect of it, the mental part of it is a little bit different because I'm just in a different headspace. Yeah. So I would love to hear just like, if you had some words of encouragement for anybody who may, not even going maybe through a cancer diagnosis, but anything that is life altering. And, you know, it's a set a goal for yourself, like you did to compete. Do you have any words of encouragement for somebody who might be going through something like that and then does want to compete, but doesn't know if they can do it because of this event that they're going through or this, you know, this health, this health issue they're going through. Do you have anything that you'd like to share about that? I think for me, it's, it's two things. I think one identifying your support, having like a plan and identifying your support system is going to be really important Yeah, um, because you're not going to see you're not going to see it the way that it is. You're just going to see it through the eyes of trauma. Right. And so I am just stubborn and determined. And so for me, it's like, I was going to do it because that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to prove somebody wrong. And it's okay if you don't have that resolve too. Like, it's okay if you need to take a year before you start doing it, right? right. Like yeah. you don't have to do it right away. If you, if you're going through a traumatic event and you want to compete and you're not sure if it fits into your life, uh, just remember it's you first, always, that's something I'm part of the natural fit federation. I was originally going to do their July 23rd show here in Austin, but I had realized there was a lot that was hitting me in related in relation to my cancer diagnosis that I had to pull out of that show. I was not mentally in that space where I could be like, okay, I have to hunker down, eat light, eat lighter, work out this much, be exhausted all the time. I just wasn't in the space to start that. And one thing that the Larry Shaw who owns um, NSF told me, he was like, you first always. And that that. like, yeah, it's, it was a great, it's just simple and it's true. It's just you first always. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's my, my advice, right? That that's what I would say. Encouragement you first always. So if you at the bottom of your heart think I am in too, I'm too traumatized right now. I am not in that headspace to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. It is okay to wait and put it off. If you think that you can't like, do not do it for anyone, but yourself. Don't do it. If someone's telling you, oh, you're a warrior, you're strong, you're just don't listen to them. Those are just platitudes. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. They don't understand it. And they don't know how to relate to you. Yeah. So just think about yourself first and where it fits in your life. Mm-hmm. So it is okay to hold off, but it's also okay to go, you know, guns a blazing to use again, keep using cliches um, 
uh, but make sure that you are doing that like mind check and that body check yeah. and that you're doing it for yourself and not for anybody else. Yeah. Um, but going back to the support system, I think it's really important to have like a plan and a support system too, who could be there for you and listen to you and like really talk you through things and be a guide and a mentor to you. Um, because you may be in a space where you don't think you do it. You know, you can, but you don't think you can because there's your head's getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And then you could have that person who's a support system say, well, you know what? I actually think you can do it. And I'm here to help you figure out the plan to do it. It might not look the way that you think it should look, but maybe there's a way that we can do it. Or they may say, Hey, I know you want to do this, but let's really talk about it and like really help you kind of like pull out those themes and those things that you're thinking about to decide whether or not you might be going too far ahead than yeah. you are supposed to. Yeah. No, the support system is everything for sure. Um, okay. I want to just kind of know more about, cause you're um, a personal trainer and I would yeah. love to know just what got you into doing that. Is that kind of always what you wanted to do or is that a recent thing? I, no, I think I, when I was younger, like, I think it was something that I was always interested in. It's just more of, I never really had that opportunity. So after yeah. I, you know, started in 2017 with kickboxing and I did the gyms, like, you know, high, at that time it was called hybrid, but I was doing their nutrition program. I realized, oh, wait, I really want to help other people too. Yeah. And I think for me, what I saw, I saw a really big gap in coaching. Um, the friends of mine, my family members, we're all people who need modifications. And a lot of coaches that I ran into by that time were just always, it went in doubt, squatted out. And they couldn't give you a modification <laughs> or they weren't, or they gave you a look if you have to modify or you're going slower. And so for me, I was just like, I saw that. And I'm like, no, I want to be a coach that works with people who need those things, who right. do not fit that mold um, and need something different. So it could be a physical modification or it could be a mental health one. Like you see that thing, go to the gym, go to the gym and you'll feel better. It's like, yeah, but what if I have social anxiety and people bother me? Like that's not <laughs> going, like going to the gym is not going to help me. Yeah. So maybe there's a way you could work out at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need someone to tell you, take a rest day because you're just going to, this is just going to end up being worse for you. And so that's really what got me into being, wanting to be a personal trainer across like all aspects, mm-hmm. you know, fitness, um, nutrition, mindset, is that there are people out there who are unheard and feel unseen and they need someone to say, it is okay if you do not work out the way everyone else works out. Like I can, personally, I can never do a pull-up because I have two herniated discs in my neck. Mm. My body is just, I, I go to a physical therapist and he basically told me every time you try to do a pull-up, they are separate. Like your muscles are just pulling, they're going against each other. Oh, and no. <laughs> it's just always going to feel like you're ripping your back apart. Oh, that's and awful. It, it, yeah, it is. And it's like, okay. So I, my coach is like, all right, we may never be able to do a pull-up. I'm not going to force you to do a pull-up. We'll figure out a different way. Maybe we could get one out of you. But like, let's at least try to see if you could do the lightest you can on the assisted one. And so it's like, there are not enough coaches out there who are willing to be like, okay, so this is your issue you have. We're going to find a new, like, we're going to just find something different that you could do. You can't do a pull-up. Let's get you to do really, really heavy deadlifts. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that doesn't bother you? Deadlifts don't bother you at all? 
No. So it's for me because with the two herniated discs, it's more like, sorry, I'm Italian. So everything is. Hey, I am too. too. That's awesome. (laughs) So then you understand it's like the hands, the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's really more because of like the way the herniated discs affect my back and like my muscles, it's more overhead kind of motions. Right. Yeah. And so like, even though, um, so I can't, and it's just, I guess because the way my, I don't know why, but it just hurts more to like stay up top. So like lateral raises, it doesn't matter how heavy I could like, you know, hold or do, it just ends up hurting all like that tension there. But with deadlifts, because like, it's like downward, they don't bother me. So like my heaviest is two to 35. So a part of me is like, okay, fine. I can't do a pull-up. Like I can't do an unassisted pull-up, but I could also pull 235 for like six reps. I think I'm good. You know, yeah, <laughs> you like, know what? I don't see many people like bragging about how many pull-ups they can do compared to how much they're pulling. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, okay. You could, you could pull your weight. That's great. But like, I can probably pick up a car, you know, yeah. Yeah, okay, I can't. but <laughs> it's, just, it's like, you take the wins where you can, because right. like, I can compare myself to someone else who could do a pull-up, but it's like, well, can you squat what I can? Can you do this? We can, do you have the flexibility I do? No. So I can't continue to compare myself to you. Like you, you're not better because you could do a pull-up. Yeah. I think that's so cool that you work with people who need modifications because I was one of those people for the longest time. I had two C-sections with our kids. Um, and my recovery from my, from our first, my son was awful because he was an emergency C-section. They literally had him out within like four minutes. It was insane. Um, cause his heart rate dropped mm. and they couldn't, he wasn't breathing. So my recovery was really bad and I like it hurt to do anything that had anything to do with my core. And I just, I could not find somebody near me who would help, like who knew anything about pelvic floor and how to recover from that. Cause it's, I mean, my incision is like five inches long. And, and so, and it's, you know, through all your ab muscles and whatever, and, um, finding help on that was so hard because it just felt like any personal trainer. And this was like, right when Colt first started. So he wasn't, he's a lot more in tune with that kind of recovery now. Um, but at the beginning, you know, he wasn't, which was fine. And I just had a really hard time finding support from anybody to like help heal that better. Cause, cause I wanted to be back into the gym. You know, I've been yeah. an athlete my whole life. I played hockey up until Colt and I got married after college and, um, both of us lifted weights all the time. Like I just was, I wanted to get back into that, but I just physically couldn't. So yeah. I think that is so cool that you work with just corrective exercising. I think that's just awesome because there aren't enough people that do. Yeah. So. No, thank you. Yeah. I think, I think there needs to be more because I never understood, honestly, I never understood what the problem was with helping people with like, with helping people with corrective exercise. I never yeah. understood what the issue is to be like, okay, you can't do a deep squat. Fine. Let's figure out what you can do. Like, I just never understood why there's always this resistance to offering modifications because yeah. it's like, not everybody's is the same. Not everybody is not everybody is the same. Absolutely. And it's just if we're gonna sit here and espouse, oh, let's be healthy, let's do this, let's do that, then you have to find a way to make it fit for everybody, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's it's just amazing, especially because everybody has some kind of injury they're working towards. Like ninety nine point nine percent of people have an injury they're working for, like working through. So 
you know, having somebody in, in the fitness space who specializes in that, um, is really cool. So I'm excited to like send people your way who maybe we might, might not be able to help because of certain things like that. Cause we don't yeah. have the backgrounds in corrective exercise, you know, Colt yeah. specializes in bodybuilding and, um, that I mean, corrective exercise is not where we specialize in. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think it's nutrition too. Like there's, there's a, there's a lot out there where yeah. people get stuck on it. And it's like, you have this formula of, Oh, if you want to build muscle, you must sorry to keep going back to the protein, but that that's kind of like no, I get it. Yeah. my like thing. It's like, um, that was one thing when I was first diagnosed, I just kept seeing like, well, for people with healthy adults with, you know, healthy kidneys or just for healthy adults, you can have this protein. It's like, just because I can't have that much protein does not mean I'm not a healthy adult. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can outrun all of my family members. <laughs> they all have two kidneys and none of them have kidneys, <laughs> right? Like what makes me unhealthy because I can't have two grams or one gram per body weight. Like it doesn't make me unhealthy. And I think nutrition is definitely a space where I want to be um, more present for people who may have those modifications, who may need a different kind of diet. Yeah. Then standard who may be like, you know what? I can't have a lot of fat because of X, Y, and Z. I can't have a lot of carbs because of X, Y, and Z. I can't have a lot of protein because of X, Y, and Z, but I still want to be able to build muscle. Yeah. And then that's where the mindset comes stuff comes in. And that's where the mental health stuff comes in. Cause it's like, you also have to kind of change the way you're thinking. It's like, well, you can't do what other people do. So you have to be okay with it being slower, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. Yeah. Just to kind of go back to what I was saying earlier um, with the NFF, I don't know it was at my show where things just clicked. I saw the people and their, you know, natural outlets. A lot of them are softer or they're not maybe as bulky or not. And like, I saw all my fellow competitors. I'm like, Oh, this is the space for me because mm-hmm. it's like, we're not, we're not being unrealistic um, about what we can do with the bodies that we have. And like, I had, oh. like, I realized like I had this space where my body is still shredded just because it's not, super lean and every single vein's not like out there, which by the way, is amazing that other people would do it, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, I can't and that's okay. Yeah. You know, absolutely. You still have a goal that you're setting for yourself and you're absolutely crushing it. And so it's just, I think in the bodybuilding world, it's really easy. I mean, in every area of life, not even, sorry, not even yeah. fitness, but every area you can, you compare yourself to other people mm-hmm. and comparison, comparison is such a, uh, the thief of joy and the thief of yeah. happiness in my opinion. And, um, I, but it was funny as you were talking about you being in the natural, like in a natural federation cult, all of his competitions up until this year were in, um, NANBF and WNBF. So both natural Mm -hmm. federations. And there is a big difference in muscle mass between that. And then because he's doing NPC this year, because all of our athletes are competing in NPC. So he just wanted to compete with them. Um, and it's crazy to see the difference in muscle mass, but I mean, it's amazing what you can do to your body naturally. So it's like, you don't need to have that extra stuff. If you like, it's not necessary. Yeah. And so, yeah, anyways, that's, Yeah. Um, okay. So now that you're working in like with corrective exercise, do you do like mostly online or is that like in person? No, it's everything's online coaching. I don't, um, there are a couple of people who I've like helped on, you know, in person, uh, but with COVID and everything, like you couldn't really do that. So a lot of it's just, 
a lot of the stuff that I do is just online stuff. I've worked with a couple of people where we'll do PT sessions mm -hmm. and like, I'll work with them and be like, Hey, come stand up close to the camera. Let me see what you're doing. Oh yeah. We know, we know that a, well. <laughs> yeah. Or just put a program together for them. Like, Hey, these are the kind of like, this is the SMR stuff I want you to do. These are the kind of stretches I want you to do. Let's focus on these kind of core stuff, like these core things that we need to yeah. get you where you need to go. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have a diet, um, that you kind of like specialize in for your clients or do you kind of just do whatever they, what they need? It's honestly based on what they need. I mean, if we were talking about specialized, it's obviously what I, you know, what I know personally, which what is, you do oh, <laughs> yeah. is what I do. Um, so people who have like kidney disease or kidney conditions, or, and, and it doesn't have to be like a really intense kidney condition. It could just be like, you know, very like, Hey, I know my function's not that great. I need to watch my sodium. Yeah. So I would say that that's kind of what I specialize in. It's like taking recipes, letting people know like, okay, this is how you kind of cut down protein and still be great. Finding all those like low sodium products and finding those alternatives. So I would say that would be nutrition wise, my specialty, Yeah. but I'm also able to work with other people, you know, who have polycystic ovary syndrome and kind right. of what foods are best for those bodies. Yeah. And absolutely. anything I don't know, I'll learn and help with. For sure. I know it's the amazing thing about just the nutrition world is it's always changing and yeah. it's always evolving and there's always more information coming out. So yeah, we, I mean, cause we, we definitely specialize like in the carnivore keto yeah. is what we do. And it, cause it works for our bodies. Like Colt and yeah. I both have really struggled with eating disorders and carbs were such a big trigger for us. Um, carbs and sugar that we just needed to cut it out of our life because it was so bad for both of us. And so, yeah. um, and and, you know, we just have found that our bodies just kind of perform best on a higher fat diet. And we, that's just what we like, but you know, we cult still works with like, I think two of our competitors, you know, have carbs in their diet and we don't, you know, we're not prejudiced against that whatsoever. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all like what you do for you is never like, it doesn't always have to be in, it's general, never like in general. Right. It's um, never yeah, one it's, size fits all, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the thing for me, I'm not even going to lie. I would say one of the biggest, like hardest thing other than trying to eat out at restaurants like that, like nutrition really is with being like one kidney down and having to like, be careful with my diet. Nutrition really is an area that's still a struggle. Um, yeah. Not because I can't keep to my diet, but because the world is not made for someone like me. Mm -hmm. And so like, honestly, I mean, I don't, I, I like my carbs, so I don't know if I would ever like do a keto diet, but yeah. I would love to have a high protein diet. Like that was one thing that my body craves it. Like yeah. my body's like, okay, give me all the protein you can give me. And now it's just like, all right, I have to have more carbs, which is fine. <laughs> but I, I want that meat. Like I don't, I want to eat my meat. And you're so Italian. You got to have yeah, the pasta oh my, and the meatballs. Oh my, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like just, and, and so Austin, I always make the joke. I'm like one of two Italians here. Cause like their version of Italian food is just, they don't even know what antipasta is. I'm just like, why, why am I? Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly the face I made when oh, I no. asked, can I have some antipasta? And they're like, what? And I'm just like, why am I here? <laughs> so your husband's family is Italian too? No, he's actually Argentinian and okay. English. No, he's sitting on the couch. German? Like, what's your other side? <laughs> he's from Yakima. Washington. Oh, that's so funny. My mom's whole family is from there. 
Really? That's awesome. But there's nothing good that comes out of Yakima though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he would agree. Yeah. Have you been there? No, I haven't. I haven't. I mean, you're not missing anything, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'd like to see like where like he's been to New York twice. So it's like, I want to go over and, you know, see where he's from and everything. There could be worse places, but yeah, that's so funny. Small world. (laughs) Yeah, it it honestly is. I'm so, I'm so glad I went to that um, dynamic fit pros and like chat with him and just like make a connection. So it's always good to make the connections. But yeah, it's like going back to the nutrition thing. It's just like, man, man, if I could just have that protein, if I could eat more of it, it'd be wonderful. So what do your macros look like? If you don't mind me asking. So I, um, yeah, it's, it's a high fat, um, low protein, um, higher carb. So right now, um, I'd say I could give you my breakfast break down for a high day for a lift day. It's 170 grams of carb, 89 grams of protein and about 116 grams of, um, no, 116 grams of protein, 170 grams of carb of 89 grams of fat. Okay. Um, so that, yeah. So that is a lift day and a non-lift day is like 120 grams of protein, pro, uh, hard protein stays the same, no matter what. And then fat comes down a couple of grams. Yeah. So I, I eat about 0.7 to 0.8 grams because my right kidney has grown and it's, it's holding up well. And, you know, my doctor, he's like, I'm not concerned about your creatinine levels. You're a muscular person. That's the one thing people don't realize is that when you're more muscular, you produce more creatine and your creatinine levels are always going to be slightly higher. Right. Um, and so that's why always like when, especially really muscular people always look like they have lower kid, like lower kidney function than they really do Yeah. is because of what the, the creatine that your muscle produces and like how that plays out. But he's like, no, you're fine. So I'm still able to eat a little bit higher than I would if I was like a stage three. Um, kidney disease or something like yeah. that. So I'm luckily oh. fine, but I also don't want to push it right at the same time. Got a lot of life left to live. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm 39 and there's at least a good another 40 years in my yeah. ahead of me. So hopefully more. So hopefully how, more. um, how old you have a son, right? How old is, yeah. how old is he? He's seven. He just seven. seven okay. Very cool. I bet it's cool for him to kind of watch you go through, um, bodybuilding shows and stuff. He loves it. So yeah, he loves working out with me or trying to work out with me. Like he'll lift five pounds and see I'm heavy. He oddly (laughs) has a very, like he's oddly very strong for a seven-year-old. And I'm like, well, I guess I passed down good genes or something. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, he, he loves seeing me on stage. I remember like when I first stepped on stage, hearing him scream mama. It was was nice. That's so cool. I mean, our kids were, I was pregnant with our son when Colt competed for the first time. And so, and our kids are, you know, four and two and a half. So they just don't even comprehend what's going on right now, but I'm excited for them too. One day just to kind of see like, you know, dad up on stage. It'll be really cool. It's awesome. It's an awesome experience. So like, and it's like, it's, it's something for me. It's just, I want my son to see what women can do. I want him to grow up in a world to know like how strong women can be Mm -hmm. and what, what we're capable of. And I think him watching me through the bodybuilding process, me getting him involved, me talking to him about, like, I'll show him my Instagram. I'm like, Hey, look, this is what mama did today. And this is what she could do. And he'd be like, Oh, that's awesome. No. And like, I'm waiting until like, he's old enough for me to be able to like, take him to a gym and be like, okay, you know, let me, let me help you. Because if the one thing I'm going to have is at least my strength, 
because he's going to be taller than me, I would say <laughs> probably in the next year. So yeah. I won't have the height, but at least I can have the strength. Oh, I know how that is. Our son, he's four and he is almost four feet tall and I'm five <laughs> foot three. So he's literally like almost there. I'm like, how is this yeah. happening? You're four, but Colt's like six, three. So, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. No, I'm five, three, two. My son is four feet, six inches. Wow. So yeah, I like they grow was, so fast. They do. I have to buy a, like, I, my joke is like, I got to get a stool to yell at him, but now like at this rate, I'm gonna have to get a ladder. So. <laughs> Won't be long. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. So when so I just kind of want to know just a backstory on, um, not backstory, but just like in your first, in your first prep, what is one thing that just really surprised you that you weren't really expecting? Um, you know, whether that's posing or, or the day of the show, or just like how hard the, the final few weeks are, like, what is one thing that really kind of just like you weren't expecting? So this, um, I, I did not expect how comfortable I would be standing naked and getting a spray tan. <laughs> because and, and it's like I, I expected how hard it would be like I I expected all that like my coach she did her show herself like she was very honest about it and like I just I knew that it would be hard yeah and it was just kind of like okay like this is just stuff I've done I'm just doing it at a you know more intense pace but there was still that part of me that's just not happy with my body like I had a c-section too um, same reason, like emergency C-section and he wasn't moving. It's like, okay, we got to get him out. Um, and so like there's extra skin and there's all these things and just my body is not high and tight. And so as, as much as I was like ready to go on stage, there's still that part of me that was like, okay, I don't want to show my body at the same time. Like there's yeah. like body dysmorphia, there, there's just self self-esteem issues. But when I got there and I had to get spray tan, I was like, okay, do it. It's fine. And I was just <laughs> I was so comfortable with it because I just felt so comfortable there. And yeah. so I wasn't expecting that. Like I wasn't expecting it to get me out of my head in that way where it's like, I'm not, I don't even feel like shying away. This like, this is my body. I worked hard for it. I was just gonna say, you probably were just so proud of what you did at that. You're just like, I don't care. You guys can look whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it just, I think it was just so, I think just the whole experience I didn't expect. I thought I tend to have social anxiety sometimes. So I thought I'd get there and like do that whole comparison game. Like I'm not good enough to be here, but no, I was like very extrovert. I was like, yeah, I was helping other people. I was, there was this one girl in the transformation category who was just like uncomfortable. It was like, Hey, I know this is my first show, but I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to help you out. And it just, it just felt so natural to me. Yeah. And I just, that part I wasn't expecting. Yeah. That is really cool. They do a transformation category. So they, did they like showcase like a before and after? They didn't showcase it, um, okay. but they did read out people's stats. So that's really cool. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they do it every year. And so they're going to do it this year. I actually have a coworker who's going to do, she's going to come down. She used to live in Dallas and now she lives in Kansas city. She's going to come down from Kansas city and do the same show that I'm doing in November. Oh, so cool. I remember that. I think it must be only a natural federation thing. Cause, um, I remember them doing that kind of similar thing, um, at all of like Colt's previous shows, or at least most of them, but they, I've never seen him at an NPC before, but I think that, I think it's really neat when they do that because it shows just how hard, I mean, getting up on stage is hard in itself, but like for people who have a a massive transformation, the hardest work was probably even before they got to like the point of getting on stage. So yeah. um, Yeah. I think that's really neat. 
Yeah, it's not, and it's something to be celebrated. It's not, for me, it's not what they've transformed into that should be celebrated. It's all of the work they put into to get there. Yeah, the journey. Because even if it's like you're going from, you know, it could be you're going from 120 to like 200 and you're packing on that muscle. That's a big transformation. That's a lot of work to do. And vice versa, if you're going mm -hmm. from 200 to 120 pounds, that is a lot of work to like dedicate that time. And it's just that journey should be that journey of like putting your time, effort, blood, sweat, tears, all those cliches into doing that to just be honored, I think. Oh, that's it's the coolest part, I think. Uh, well, I have so enjoyed our conversation. Um, I so wish it could last longer, but we have another meeting and <laughs> no, no worries, no worries. But I, I um, I, where can people find you? Where what's your Instagram, Facebook? Where, where do you prefer to be in uh, contacted at? So I would say my Instagram, which is at Stillwell Fitness, you can find me there. I do have a Facebook group, so it's Stillwell Fitness, I think LLC, because I am an LLC. Um, but you can look up Stillwell Fitness and okay. um, yeah. We'll so get all those that. links in the bio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a Facebook page. My Instagram are the best places to get me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna Maria. I so appreciate just the time and um, just getting to know you better today and looking forward to maybe another conversation in the future. I would love that. Thank you so much, Taylor. Wow. Wasn't that mind blowing? Thank you listeners for joining us in this episode. If you found this helpful or entertaining, we just ask if you would please share this with a friend. That would be awesome. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. So any ratings or reviews that you have are very, very much appreciated. We do have a new episode every Saturday morning. So please subscribe so that you don't miss those. Thank you again very much. God bless you and bye-bye.